Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez, joined by Aaron Keller. And today we have Nate LaHue, our wildlife veterinarian here at Endow. And Nate, we had you in last year right around this time, and we have you back again because we're trying to get some very important information out to hunters. So thanks, Nate, for being here again. Yeah, thank you. It's great to great to be back. Of course. And what we're talking about, which is what we wanted to get out to hunters, is information on chronic wasting disease, or CWD. So for people who don't know, could you just give us a recap on what CWD is? Yeah, sure. So uh, chronic wasting disease, or uh, called CWD, uh, is a prion disease. And a prion is a misfolded protein. Um, that when ingested causes other proteins uh, to misfold specifically in the nervous tissue. And uh, the course of disease can last months to years. And over time, it causes um, these plaques, almost like Alzheimer's disease, to build up in the brain. And then leads to neurologic disease. They can't feed. They waste away, hence the name chronic wasting disease, and eventually die. It's 100% fatal disease. And this is specifically chronic wasting disease, specifically a disease of cervids. So uh, in Nevada, that means deer, elk, and moose are susceptible to disease. Um, so it is uh, not transmissible to people as far as we know. However, the CDC does urge caution um, since we don't know everything about it. It's similar to mad cow disease uh, or scrapie in sheep familiar with either of those diseases okay and that's why so right now it cwd is not in nevada but that's what we're trying to prevent correct yeah so uh, we've never had a case in nevada uh knock on wood and uh but it is close to our borders so the closest is probably central utah uh where we there have been detections um so we have two kind of two things that we got going on in the fall one is we just want to make hunters aware of our transport restrictions so they're not bringing in something from out of state uh that could bring the disease into the state and two we're doing surveillance especially target around the eastern part of the state and so that if cwd was to get in the state uh we'd have an early jump on um, trying to manage the disease and limit its spread and and uh effect on our our survey populations okay good information to know so what is some information? I know you guys have been busy sampling as of last weekend. Um, so what what are these? We have check stations set up in eastern Nevada since the closest location that it's been detected is uh, central Utah. So could you explain what these check stations are? Who should be stopping there? Yeah, so we have, we're running check stations every weekend through October. Uh, last weekend was our first weekend. We were set up in Ely at the Love Station and Wells at their Love Station. Um, we're also going to be in Ash Springs a couple weekends uh, in October. Um, and so, yeah, if you're successful on and you're coming out on a weekend and you're going through Wells, Ely, or Ash Springs, uh, stop on by. Um, we take... Uh, brain stem and a lymph uh, the lymph nodes um, and we uh, 
to to use do surveillance on it so um we really it is voluntary but we really encourage successful hunters to stop on by um it do, you know it doesn't matter what unit really we're focused on the east so that's where we're there but we're happy to have uh have you stop on by we're there to answer any questions you might have as well so uh yeah come see us we're generally there from about eight or nine in the morning till about five or six p.m uh kind of depending on how busy the day is and uh yeah um it helps us or what you're gonna yeah say i was gonna say how long is it so if somebody comes in how long can they expect to, like be there like how long does it take to? Take uh, it only takes a few minutes so we just need a little bit of information on your tag and then um you know it kind of depends on how much work you've done for us if your head's already off then it's a little quicker um you know if you got a full carcass and we gotta uh cut down into the neck to get that it might take a little bit longer but usually no more than five or ten minutes so quick stop if somebody just sees the trucks and Happens. Yep, yep. You can uh, send people in to use the bathroom. Go get a cup of coffee at Lo at Loves, or yeah. go get something to eat, um, and uh, we can take that sample real quick. Yeah. And this isn't like a law enforcement stop or anything like that. Like they're not checking for illegal activity. It's specifically for scientific purposes. Correct. Yeah, we we don't we're we we'll let you know if you've done something on your tag uh, before yeah. you run into a warden. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's just biologists or myself, veterinarian out there, or some technicians. It's not a it's not a law enforcement stop. We're literally just asking for your help um, and and trying to help keep Nevada CWD free and, and keep our uh, uh, deer and elk healthy. More just trying to I was just trying to clarify. It's not hard. It's an easy, quick stop to yep. go through, and it really helps us and helps those deer populations, as Nate just said. Yeah, and the other the other thing you can do is if you do have um, an animal you're planning on doing a shoulder mount, um, we can you know still go down on the neck if you've already done that midline incision on there. But if you uh, don't, if you are taking that to a taxidermist, uh, talk to your taxidermist about them sending in a sample as well, so they can after they take the uh, skull plate off they can send that rest of the head uh into us and they can actually um get uh money for that so we have a it's ten dollars a head uh for both actually bighorn sheep for a separate study we're doing and uh deer and elk so they can actually make about ten dollars a head um, if they go to the endow website um, they can find on the chronic wasting disease page uh, they can find all the information about signing up for that you get a contract with the state and uh, they can make money so if it is something you, you weren't able to stop coming out on a weekday uh, talk to your taxidermist about uh, getting them sampled uh, you can also uh, call uh, an office and see if there's someone there and make a time to potentially take a CWD sample uh, just depends on our, our you know the availability of the biologist and whether there's somebody in there but you, that that's an option as well so several different options. We also have uh, staff down at Malls Meats. If you happen to be in the Vegas area and using Malls Meats, uh, we have some staff down there that are um, taking samples down there as well. And how long from like when, when somebody shoots a deer, say, till like what's optimal time to get a sample? Um, so before it starts to grade. So that just kind of depends if it's, you know, it's nice within a day or so if you're, if it's out in the open bed of your truck, if you got it in a cooler, it's, it can be several days, but uh you know like within a week within five days would you say like within uh if it's just refrigerated that's ideal yeah. yeah um you know obviously if it's sitting out in the sun that's probably a little long yeah um if it's sitting out in the sun and probably within a couple of days i was just thinking if somebody gets home and listens to this podcast by chance and then they're like oh i killed my you, deer this weekend you, you know? can always try you know we're happy yeah. to happy to take the sample and see if it's uh uh uh, you know, something we can use. Generally, if we can identify the brainstem, 
um, and it's not just munch. If we can identify the brainstem as a structure, yeah, we can test it. If it's goop, then we can't. Okay, right on. And then, like Nate said, we we've been trying to get the information out there. We have it on our website. If you go to endow.org, Nevada Wildlife health and disease <laughs> and then it's the chronic wasting disease so i just want to direct people or if you just to that link google search google ender and and chronic wasting disease. yeah i want to make sure people could find that page but we're also posting this information on facebook we've been trying to email hunters so we're trying to make it as accessible as possible yeah um what other um like frequently asked questions are you getting at those check stations um, you know, the the biggest questions are, is it in Nevada? Yes. And what are you going to do about it if it does shows up? So um, I will address that. What are you going to do about it? Um, if it does show up, we have a management uh, planner that uh, would take effect once we get a detection, which basically means um, we would target that area for additional surveillance. We'd have mandatory surveillance. We may use an emergency hunt. Uh, if the hunting season's over, there aren't any hunts that can already be used to leverage for that sampling. Try to get an idea of spread and prevalence, and then depending on uh, you know, the percentage of animals infected and how far spread, we're going to have different management uh, objectives or th things or goal. It's unlikely, just we have such low deer densities, it's unlikely that eradication would be a, a possibility. Um, there's only one state that's ever uh, had a successful eradication, um, and that was because it was concentrated around a deer farm. Hmm. Um, so they had early detection, but they also brought it in. So we we're lucky in the sense that we don't have deer farms in Nevada right. and which has been a big factor that's led to the spread of the disease around the U S hmm. very interesting stuff. And, um, <clears throat> the information on the check stations that really just scratches the surface on some of the efforts we've actually, we now have, um, regulations, I think in 2019, we passed new regulations surrounding CWD, which are really important for hunters to understand. Yeah, so in 2019, we uh, the legislature passed Senate Bill 85, which regulates what can be brought into the state. And, you know, this specifically is um, for uh, regarding cervids. And so basically, um, it tries to keep out all the parts of the animal that uh, could potentially lead to CWD ending up on the landscape. Um, so for any cervid, um, mule deer, elk, um, any, uh, white-tailed deer, moose, uh, caribou, fallow deer, really any deer species, um, you uh, can only bring in wrap meat or quarters, um, hide and cape. Uh, you have to make sure there's no part of the spinal column attached to that. Can't be any brain tissue, um, and the head uh, shouldn't be attached to the cape. Um, you can bring in a clean skull plate with antlers attached, but you have to make sure that that's clean of tissue. There's no brain uh, tissue attached to that. Um, the antlers uh, with no meter tissue, a completed taxidermy mount, obviously with no meter tissue, although you can have antler velvet, that's okay. And then upper canine teeth or, you know, bugler, whist whistler and ivory teeth. Um, you know, and so we get a lot of questions on, you know, Euro mounts and, and what, what's a completed taxidermy mount. And really that just means, you know, and we've gone back and forth. It's a little vaguely written, um, uh, but we've talked, you know, the decision we've kind of come to as an agency with the, the enforcement is that that means no tissue. So, um, you know, even if it's because people can say, hey, whatever, I'm done with my Euro or depending on how clean it is. But as long as there's no tissue on it, um, you know, even if it's not all lacquered and everything, that'll be fine. We just want to make sure um, that that is, um, you know, there's not no brain tissue or nervous tissue that's still 
inside that skull cavity. So, um, and then the other thing is, you know, as far as cleaning that out, it's best to do that in camp if you're going to do a euro or use a taxidermist in the state you're hunting. So again, this is just bringing it into the state. So this only applies uh, if you're hunting out of state, doesn't apply within uh, Nevada for transport within Nevada. Um, but you know, you could use a taxidermist out of state or uh, talk to your, you know, talk to your taxidermist in Nevada um, and work with them about, you know, what they want to do. They might, they're going to have some advice for you on how to clean it out. Some people like to boil in camp. Um, other people use some, there's some nifty tools you can buy online that use weed whacker to kind of help clean out that brain cavity and then use water and scrape it out. Um, and then maybe boil. So just a lot of different options to do that. Um, to clean it out and you just kind of got to it's a little bit of trial and error to figure out uh, what works best for you uh, to bring that in um, and just really the thing is just make sure it's a uh, totally clean a tissue um, so the other thing to not do is you know we get a lot of people that say oh I just go to the car wash and I blast it out and you know if it's close to where you shot the deer that might be fine but you know deer move across borders so you know what we don't want is people pulling up to the utah side of wendover you know utilizing the car uh, you know the car wash there and blasting out brain tissue there because those deer herds are the same as our deer herds and that can lead to cwd in nevada so um yeah and then you know you can always if you do have questions um you know you can call the department um and, and uh we can provide clarification on you if you're for you if you're if you're not sure exactly what you need to do to bring bring your harvest in okay lots of good information we're gonna take a break right there but we will be right back you're listening to nevada wild If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today, Aaron and I are joined by Nate, our wildlife vet here at Endow. And we're talking all things CWD, or chronic wasting disease. And before the break, you were explaining some newer state regulations that we have that impact what you could import back into the state if you've harvested an animal in the deer family. So, Nate, could you talk a little bit about why it's important? We talk A lot of these regulations revolve around tissue and not bringing back tissue in. Why is that important for our landscapes? Yeah, so the reason these regulations, um, you know, are so important and why you shouldn't bring in any brain matter or nervous tissue into the state is that um, these prions are really hardy. Um, they don't, since they don't have any DNA, they don't have any RNA like bacteria or viruses, they take a long time to degrade. So when you dump something, you know, something gets out on the landscape that's brought back out of state, it lasts for a long time on that landscape. And so there's the high potential then for um, that, that uh, to infect uh, there are deer in the state and so um, that's why it's really important that you abide by these transport restrictions and you um, don't dump this material especially out on the landscape now if you're listening to this podcast and you brought something in out of, from out of state and you still have it um, you know give us a call we're not looking to write tickets we're not looking to cite you we just want to make sure this stuff does not end end up on the landscapes if you brought something and you shouldn't or you're a taxidermist and somebody's brought you something 
uh, that they are is a violation of this um, these regulations and give us a call we have an incinerator we'll, we'll get that incinerator you know if it's a whole head we can get you the skull cap and incinerate the rest of it um, so you know just just give us a call um, if you have anything that, that uh, you accidentally brought in from out of state um, we're, yeah again we're not looking to make money off citations or anything like that we just want to make sure this stuff doesn't end up out on the landscape and it's I mean that's not something that a lot of people I don't know that it's not like someone's like oh this deer I harvested has CWD so we're not and then they bring it back in it's not like we like you said we, we understand yeah we're just trying and, to and, stop and, it. and that's a good point that is a question uh that we do get asked well this deer looked okay you know it it doesn't have CWD. It's not, you know, people see the pictures of the drooling emaciated deer um, and they think, oh, well, my deer looks good. It looks healthy. It doesn't have CWD. But the um, time frame between uh, when a deer is infected and when it dies can be 18 months plus. So your deer can have CWD um, and look totally healthy. Um, and that that's it doesn't it's just not there in a high enough concentration yet um, for that animal to have. Uh, clinical signs uh, but it still had a high enough uh, concentration that you know if that brain matter ends up on the landscape uh, that it could transmit to another animal exactly so that's why it's important to get your deer and any other um, animals in that family sampled and then um, actually that reminds me a question I've had from people when talking about this is what happens if you eat meat of a deer with CWD or yeah whatever it may be so there's so there's never been a documented case of cwd transmission to a person um you know i think people a lot of people hear about mad cow disease and they think oh it's transmissible to people therefore cwd is um and and that's a valid concern um however there's also a disease called scrapian sheep that's not transmissible to people and so cwd behaves a little more like scrapie so I, if you've act, you know, eaten a deer and then found out later it has CBD, I wouldn't be overly worried. That being said, if you do hunt out of state, you haven't eaten any of your deer yet, you get a positive result. A lot of other states are testing most deer, or at least in certain areas, um, probably best to not eat it. That's the current CDC recommendations is to not consume um, CBD positive deer. Um, but, you know, that is, uh, you know, an individual choice. So, um but that is the current recommendations. But that being said, yeah, there's never been a there, there's never been a positive case that we know you know that's that's been documented of transmission. Exactly. Hmm. Good information to have. Don't want to freak people out either. Even yeah. Though it exactly. Is Halloween, um, spooky season. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was thinking, there's I mean, there's a lot. We're we're far off from some of the states like back east that have whitetail and that sure or, or colorado common. where you're having uh hunt units with 50 percent prevalence of mature bucks yeah right and so we're just making sure that it doesn't come into the state or do our best to keep it from coming to the state. yeah we're at the we're at the good point to be at where we don't have it and we want to be proactive in keeping it out and uh we can save a lot of heartache a lot of time a lot of money uh by keeping it out um, right you know, once it's there, then it becomes a significant uh, barrier to management. It certainly changes the hunting experience. Um, you know, there's certainly areas with 50% prevalence where hunters just don't, you know, if there's a 50% chance your buck, you're, you're not going to want to eat. Then people aren't going to apply for tags in that area. And so that uh, becomes a challenge. And, and unfortunately, too, the, the way to manage it is to reduce uh, buck ratios. And so, and that's how you get prevalence down, which, 
you know, it'd be pretty unfortunate in some of our trophy units. So um, it's 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 definitely uh, important to to try to keep this out. Um, and it, you know, and and it, our mule deer herds right now have enough stacked against them with drought and habitat and everything else that they really don't need uh, one more thing to, as a as strike against them. Right. I know when you emailed me about CWD, we've been getting so much information about fires and drought out there. I was like, oh, I forgot about CWD is a whole nother thing. We got to informing the public are, about and getting Yeah, they're certainly facing out. a lot of threats. And so yeah. we don't need to add another one. Exactly. And and so then when we get together, though, we, we know that a lot of Nevadans and a lot of hunters that are in Nevada go out of state. And so that's why we wanted to get this transportation information out and start talking about the states yeah. around us because when they go out and hopefully they're successful that you know they know what they yeah ex- yeah exactly so you know we we have a lot of hunters that um, go to these high uh, prevalent states um, especially Colorado um, we got a lot of people that go to Colorado we definitely have people that go to the Midwest to go um, you know back back east um, where some of these have really high prevalences and you know the reason to abide by these transport restrictions is just in some of these areas, the likelihood that you're bringing CW back can be pretty high um, if you're hunting one of these units in, in Colorado or one of those Midwestern states. And so guys that are going to those like those camps, are we we have some recommendations for them, right? To bring, you know, a pot to yeah, boil and I, yeah. a sawzall to skull cap their head if they're doing it that way, right? Yeah, so definitely the easiest and there's to go with a skull cap and a hide if that's what you want to bring back and bring it bring a sawzall you know it takes minutes to cut that off um you can there's a little bit of uh tissue that surrounds the brain that you peels right off um and then usually we recommend you know you can use a bleach or something just to kind of clean that skull cap up or just some soap and water just to get the grease off and that that little bit of tissue um and that you know that's probably the easiest um if you do want to bring back a euro mount then either um you know research where you're going and research taxidermists that you can get that done there or uh you know yeah boiling um you know bringing something to clean out that brain tissue with um there's a lot of different options but you know um as far as doing that and something to boil your your skull with to help clean that up and get that ready to bring back is there a chemical or something they could put in the water uh yeah so Sometimes, you know, you want something that's a degreaser, mm-hmm. um, you know, there, borax works well, um, you, uh, Dawn dish soap works well, obviously, you know, as a right, the right amount to not create a giant soapy boil over, <laughs> um, you know, you can, uh, really clean, you know, um, uh, you know, clean it with bleach, but that's kind of, can be kind of annoying to boil with it's Mm -hmm. you breathe in that um you know and and at the end of the day you know people ask us well isn't there aren't there prions on that skull and and there is the potential that they're still unless you're really using some of these harsh chemicals or um one that we use uh in for our work is called turgozyme it's a disinfectant that helps break up organic matter um but the difference is if it's all cleaned out it's just going on your wall that's not getting exposed on the landscape it's right. when you have tissue that's going to go out in the landscape. Right. There's a big difference between a euro that's on your wall yeah. 
as opposed to like a brain that you throw in the ditch. Yeah, or you know, even just wherever. you know, li- you know, you maybe take the most of the brain out. But if there's, you know, if you haven't scraped out all those nerve connections, then and you clean that out and throw that out your back back fence, then yeah, that's a potential source. Whereas you know, we don't worry too much. The deer, deer aren't in your house getting exposed from the the urinal on your wall. Right. That makes sense. Yep. Yeah, so it's just important just to be prepared, just like anything else. If you're going to plan on going and shooting a trophy buck, talking to your taxidermist mm-hmm. about what they kind of want to see when you bring it back is the same way that we're – the same kind of line that we're talking about. Yeah, and, and you know, everyone's kind of experimenting with different way, ways to do this now, and everybody has the things they like. So, you know, if you have a taxidermist in Nevada that you always use, give them a call before you go. You mm-hmm. know, it's kind of – it's really helpful if you can go into it with being prepared before you head out and say, Hey, what do you want to see? What, what do you want me to bring you? Um, uh, you know, as far as, um, you know, and, and, and especially, you know, with, with, uh, you know, when you're skull capping, making sure you give them plenty, plenty of, uh, skull cap, um, you know, always, uh, you know, kind of lean on the side of, uh, too much and they can trim it rather rather than having too small but certainly calling them up and, and saying hey uh, can you give me some advice on that and, and exactly what they want to see um, is really good to do before you even head out in the field yep. yeah and we're getting a lot of information out there so just to clarify the regulations obviously that's going to impact hunters who are hunting out of state since that deals with what you yeah. could bring back into the state but then the check stations we want our Nevada hunters yeah. Right. To be yeah. aware and stop at those. So, yeah, we're not going to use uh, any uh, state funds to, to test Colorado deer. Yeah, um, exactly. So, but. yeah, if you, but for Nevada hunters, um, yeah, stop by our check stations. Uh, it's, uh, you know, in especially like next weekend, uh, we're in uh, uh, Wells and Ely. And I um, don't remember if there's one in. Um, ash springs or not this weekend i don't actually have the schedule in front of me um actually i do oh no so we're not nearly next week and i misspoke we're uh next weekend we'll be at loves uh in wells and we'll be in ash springs uh, it's just at that shell station as you drive through you, uh, you probably won't be able to miss us and then the saturday the 23rd and 24th will be in ely and then nevada day weekend we're going to be in wells uh ely and ash springs so um, especially, you know, you're out any of those weekends, you're driving through, uh, please stop by and see us. And ask, if you have questions, Nate may be there and you can ask yeah, him your I questions. Yeah, will, I will be there next, <laughs> I'll be there next weekend in, uh, well, so you can come bother me in person if you're successful. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, Nate, you're always so informative and we appreciate having you on. We'll have to get you on for some more just i don't know it's always interesting talking to you we know we don't always have our wildlife vet on yep. so we'll need to get you back in here more than once a year yeah so. that'd be great <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> talk about something else besides cwd <laughs> exactly yeah he's he's getting tired of it <laughs> so well thank you nate and thank you everyone for listening that does it for this week's nevada wild Join us again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife.